Singularity by Marie Howe. Do you sometimes want to wake up to the singularity we once were? So compact, nobody needed a bed, or food, or money. Nobody hiding in a school bathroom or home alone, pulling open a drawer where the pills are kept. For every atom belonging to me, as good belongs to you. Remember, there was no nature, no them, no test to determine if the elephant grieves her calf, or if the coral reef feels pain. Trashed oceans don't speak English, or Farsi, or French. Would that we could wake up to what we were when we were ocean, and before that, to when sky was earth, animal was energy, rock was liquid, and stars were space, and space was not at all, nothing. Before we came to believe humans were so important, before this awful loneliness, can molecules recall it? What once was, before anything happened, no I, no we, no one, no was, no verb, no noun, only a tiny, 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 tiny dot brimming with is, 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 all, everything, home. Hello everyone. I would love to do an introduction for the podcast, but I've been trying to think of an introduction and I can't think of any. And if I do, I keep stumbling over them. So I'm not going to do an introduction for this episode. I think I would leave that for the next episode. But okay. Anyways, I have two more hours before I have to rush off, so I really need to get this podcast episode done. And yes, okay. So okay, let's see. Today we'll be doing Marie Howe's Singularity poem. It's a science poem written by Howe to kind of explore loneliness in contemporary society. So, before you're hearing this, you would have heard me kind of recite、um, the poem, and I do recommend you checking out the actual poem itself. You can either Google it, or if I do remember, I'll put a link to the poem in the description. Section of the podcast, and you can just look at you know the poem itself and read it through. I think there's kind of an aesthetic appeal to the poem too, so maybe that's something you can consider. But yes, um, so for some context, this poem is a poem that I have been um dealing with or analyzing for the past semester in university. So I have. At this module called science and popular narratives, which in simpler words means how science is represented through different mediums, and I was quite curious as to how science is being represented in the form of poetry itself. And I kind of dig did some digging around, and I found Howie's、um, singularity poem, and I really li- liked how I guess emotive the poem was. But we'll go more into that, but. Um, okay, so before I go straight into discussing the details of the poem, I think it's important to kind of establish the 
preliminary knowledge that we need to understand what this poem is trying to say. So um, how we wrote this poem after Stephen Hawking died, and one of Stephen Hawking's um, great contributions to the scientific field is that he came up with this theory called the singularity. And the singularity describes how our universe was born from this infinitely small point of energy, which is called the singularity. <laughs> and within this point of energy, there's no conceptions of space and time. So what Howard's doing is she's taking this hypothetical situation where there's no space, there's no time, and trying to extrapolate very interesting philosophical implications from it. And from what you have heard me recite just now the poem, um, the poem concludes with this complete collapse of everything that is divisive, right? And in a way, liberating everyone from their loneliness. Mm, okay, I think, right, one thing I found really exciting or very interesting about this poem is how um, how supplies an emotional dimension to science and consequently heightens the lay public's familiarity with the singularity thereby challenging their understanding of it right the poem opens with a kind of rhetorical question that asks the reader if they would like to wake up to the singularity they once were here the singularity is being framed and anchored in a sense of tranquility and optimism. The singularity is characterized as a blissful, as a desirous kind of condition to move towards, free of divisions between everyone and everything. The singularity becomes more relatable and accessible to the lay public as they can resonate with these more fundamental, universal human emotions, right? So, to further familiarize the public or the reader with the singularity, how does this thing where she kind of contrasts the singularity with modern life, which is anchored to more negative uh, emotions such as pain and grief, the poem objectifies these abstract emotions, clarifying them into relatable visual images and helps the reader to understand why the singularity is a condition which some may want to wake up to. Um, specific situations that are often associated with pain and loneliness and absence are depicted. So you have someone hiding in a school bathroom or someone being home alone with pills. So these are kind of um, implicit uh, ways of hinting to the audience of the immense loneliness that's felt by these individuals. You know, these individuals are either being bullied in school and retreating to the school bathroom, or these are individuals who feel forgotten and unseen by their friends and um, others around them. That's why they're considering um, suicide, you know, with pills. And both of these situations do not explicitly articulate what they seek to convey, right? The public has to be the ones actively engaging with the text itself, excavating meaning from what these 
I guess, situations are trying to convey to us. So the reader here may draw from the outside knowledge that, you know, these are very common images of school bullying and suicide ideation, which emotively connote a sense of anguish and loneliness. But also, I think what's really cool about these two images is that if you look at them closely, you realize that how the individual is being boxed up in very private, uh, enclosed spaces, concealing them from other people's line of sight and making them figuratively and fig physically and also actually fi figuratively invisible. So the individual's invisibility is then further emphasizing the kind of alienation that he faces in modern life compared to the physical and social intimacy that he could experience in the singularity. So by objectifying emotions like loneliness and pain into very vivid and crystallized visual images, the poem transformed the singularity into a more tangible and accessible um, kind of scientific idea or theory for the reader to familiarize themselves with. But also, at the same time, this poem does the opposite. It's trying to help the scientific community of people who are very familiar with what the singularity is and defamiliarizing um, this phenomenon through, um, say, its metaphors, right? The metaphors used by uh, how herself diffuses the plural dualities that has been observed throughout the poem. So you have um, dualities such as reason and emotion, mankind and nature, the individual and the collective, and so on. This sense of distance that is being identified within these dualities are being diffused or being um, bridged through the metaphors adopted. So what happens here is that um, the poem, for example, metaphorically equates the sky with earth, animal with energy, and so on. The sky is earth, the animal is energy. So what happens is everything now dissolves into a kind of sameness or nothingness. And in other words, this is referring to the singularity. So by figuratively removing all distance between different entities, the poem advances its central argument that home is like the singularity, where there are no divisions, when all, everything becomes one. What is significant about how this poem um, uses metaphors is that metaphors, unlike similes, do not enact any physical distance between different entities. So let's phrase it this way. A metaphor brings together very disparate entities and equates them as the same entity. So erasing the individual identity of each entity, right? Before it formulates a grander and more encompassing identity, which is known as the singularity, subsuming then unifying everything else. Here, the poem reflects on the kind of ontological and even ethical implications by using metaphors to kind of erase all distance through the singularity itself. By considering the philosophical implications of the singularity, how reframes um, this phenomenon as a scientific idea that also 
operates on a philosophical register, thereby challenging the scientific community's understanding of it. Another way that I think the poem is able to um, subvert or kind of destabilize, you know, our very intimate understanding of the singularity is through its white spaces. So if you to look at the poem, you realize that the white spaces observed at the start of the poem are highly erratic. They are highly irregular. There is no sense of pattern that can be observed between how these white spaces are positioned throughout the poem. But by the last lines of the poem, you can see that the white spaces are slowly gaining a sense of order, right? They are being transfigured into a kind of adhesive that glues all everything and home into a regular oneness that is represented by the singularity itself. The concept of distance as something that is highly divisive is then subverted and reframed as something that is productive and order-inducing. So by physically using white spaces to create that sense of distance itself, how it does this thing where she presents to us how distance has a very dual um, dimension to it. It can be, on one hand, very destructive, it can be divisive, but at the same time, distance in some capacity is needed to form a regular um, oneness or harmony between different entities, right? Even if this quote-unquote difference has been erased because as hard as we try to erase distance, it, as hard as we try to erase difference, distance will still exist and arise the moment that this similarity or similitude has been um, slightly um, challenged. So the poem does this incredible thing where it helps people who are unfamiliar with the singularity to become more familiar with it through images, emotions that are very relatable to them. But at the same time, to those of us who are more familiar or have been familiar with the phenomenon of the singularity, it does the opposite thing whereby it makes us feel less familiar to the singularity because it shows us that something that we often see to be very cold and detached and, I guess, um, sterilized like science actually have a more humanist warmth to it and it has that capacity to be it has that kind of capacity to um, express philosophical concerns that we would otherwise think is exclusive to the humanities or to the arts so I think to just round it all up, I think science poetry, such as House Singularity, ultimately demonstrates the kind of intersectionality of science and poetry itself. And poetry itself, science usually studies the material aspect of the world, right? So we can objectively explain how the world works, whereas poetry emphasizes more on the immaterial, the spiritual, the intangible. Right? It evokes a very subjective human experience to explain how the world works. But at the core of both domains, both science and poetry are attempting to enhance, enhance mankind's understanding of the world. So 
moving forward, as our world becomes increasingly fractured, I think poetry might eventually be how we understand, explain, and heal these divisions between different groups of individuals, such as the scientific community and the lay public, but also between you know, the sciences and the arts, between man and nature, and perhaps most importantly, between one human being and another. And yeah, that is all for today. Bye-bye. Ha <laughs>